Hello and good evening. Uh, this is Victoria with Dream Dogs and with How to Train Your Service Dog. Uh, we do have a topic for tonight, a good topic for tonight, on fear periods in your dog and in your puppy and what you can do about it. So we've been getting a bunch of questions on fear period, uh, when they go into fear periods, what you do whenever your dog's in a fear period, what exactly a fear period means, and more. Uh, so that's that's the topic for tonight. And then uh, with everything that went on with Arrow yesterday, uh, we're going to start with that and then get into um, the topic of the night, which is those pesky fear periods that occur. Uh, Arrow, he's my Malinois. Um, you probably see him. You see Gypsy more just because she needed the training more than he does. Uh, he is a six-year-old Malinois. Uh, he has been my service dog for a number of years, like five years, and he has traveled the country with me. You know, we've gone to LA, we've gone to Maine, we've gone to St. Louis a couple times, uh, we've gone all over the place. And he really gave me back a lot of my independence and freedom because whenever we had a Jedi and Zoe, they weren't able to be service dogs. So, you know, between Boo and Arrow, I had two washout service dogs. And he gave me back my independence. You know, he gave it me back where Rich and Luke didn't have to stay with me, where if we we're out somewhere and they wanted to go do something, they could and they didn't have to worry about me. So this is this is killing me. But what happened on um, yesterday, we took him to the vet. Got their appointment was at 140. They did x-rays. They did a blood draw. And she referred us to the emergency vet. So we could have either gone to Blue Pearl in Tampa or we could have gone to UF in Gainesville. And since we used to live in Gainesville, that's where Rich wanted to go. Uh, so we went up to Gainesville, and we got there around, I think, 4.30. We didn't leave Gainesville until about 10.30. Uh, they got him. They got him back there. Uh, we discussed what would be done. Uh, what we decided on was uh, he needed his chest cavity was full of fluid, so we needed to drain that. So we they, they had to sedate him. They shaved his sides, as you can see in the pictures. Uh, they put a tube in somehow, I guess that's what they did, but they drained out, guys, a liter and a half of fluids. Now, you know a two liter of soda? Yeah, it was just about that. It was a liter and a half um, from his chest cavity. His lungs weren't able to, to expand like they should. Uh, so they did some x-rays after they got the fluid out. And what they found was uh, he had a five centimeter tumor in his left lobe in the lung. Uh, and he's like, I don't know what else is in there. It could be that it spread throughout the lung. You know, it looks like it's about five centimeters, but until we can get in there with a CAT scan, we don't know. So as we're talking to him, Rich and I, um, it was two, three options. One is we leave him there for about five days for recovery. During that time, they would do a CAT scan on him and see what's all in there, see where it's at, see how many tumory things there are, um, and so on. And then we would go in there and surgery it, and then he would need chemo. And after all of this, um, the vet said he's not going to last a year, even with that aggressive treatment. So that was option number one. Option number two is we bring him home and we basically hospice him. He didn't use that word, but hospice him. Um, and number three is we euthanize him there. So I couldn't have his last thoughts of us. 
being where he was being led away by the vet away from us. So we, he's here. He's been by my side all day. Um, he goes outside for a little bit and he just lies down and he enjoys the weather outside. So, uh, so that's, that's what we elected to do. Um, we really weren't expecting this at all. Uh, we expected Zoe would be the next one to go because of how much she limps and the fact that she's 13, not my six-year-old, who I thought perfectly healthy, uh, service dog. So over the summer, it just until like a month and a half ago, we had five dogs. And then we got rid of Roma. We gave Roma to Carolyn. So we had four dogs. But two of them were my service dogs. I had Gypsy and I had Arrow. And the reason I wanted to have two service dogs is... Gypsy is intact and we plan on breeding her to start our breeding program. So she's not going to be able to work while she's in heat, which happens twice a year for about three weeks each. And she's not going to be able to work when she gets knocked up. So she's not going to get knocked up until she's two. And then it's two months of pregnancy and two months until the puppies are gone. So that's going to be a four month stretch. It could happen once or twice a year that she's not going to be able to work. So our goal was, well, you know, Arrow's only six. We figured he had at least four years left, maybe six years left, so that he could step in while she couldn't do it. And now that's not going to happen. So I had three service dogs, and now I have one. <laughs> um, and that can be really scary, especially since you know the one that I have isn't going to be able to work you know, 365 days a year. And what happens if she does get injured or like over the summer when she had the hot spots, you know, I'm going to be up a crick. So I've kind of been in panic mode today. Um, first, because of the stress of going, what's going on with Arrow and I'm uh, cuddling with him. So he's been on the couch with me. He's been on the bed with me. Like I said, he's just, I go from one room to another and he's right at my side. Um, so part of me is stressed about that and then stressed with the whole service dog thing. Cause I don't want to lose my independence. I kind of like being able to go places um, and not have to worry about, you know, passing out or getting injured um, or not being able to move. Uh, so, yeah, so we're, we're working with that. Um, the vet said last night, he says he might need to go tonight. Um, he might go tomorrow. You know, it might be a couple days. It's not going to be a week. It'll be less than a week. So that's what we're, we're seeing. Um, now this started la the end of the tail end of last week, you know, that we noticed something was wrong with them. And he's like, yeah, that's when you noticed it. This has been going on for some time. So, you know, it just, it kills me. The reason we went with the Malinois after my German Shepherd was uh, we didn't want to do another German Shepherd. <laughs> you know, like they have a lot of health problems. Males are pretty healthy, but I guess, you know, cancer don't care. Uh, so yeah, so he is here with us. Um, and just, just kind of being lazy. Uh, so let's see, let's some comments here. Hey guys. Uh, thank you, Christina. Uh, okay. So that's what's going on with Arrow. Um, I will keep you guys posted on what's going on. Um, if I haven't got back to you, just contact me again. Um, I'm trying to, to keep up with the business end of things, but there's more important things right now. Like spending the last couple of days with my boy. Uh, and he's one who, you know, he made us our trainers. And like I said, he gave me my independence. So that's huge. So fear is what we wanted to talk about tonight. Because um, I've been getting a lot of questions about um, what to do with uh, whatever your dog's going through fear periods. 
And sometimes things compound. So you guys remember Marvel. Marvel's the planner who we had in for boot camp. Uh, he went home a few weeks ago. And he, here's his story. You guys are not going to believe this. Him and his owner were out and they were in the bank. And she was standing there filling out one of the slips. And this old guy in a walker, well, not in a walker, I guess, but with a walker, comes up and, uh, you know, hey, doggy, doggy, doggy. Excuse me. And, uh, and she's like, please don't, you know, he's in training and no, 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 doggy, doggy, doggy. He's a pretty Dalmatian. Well, he's not a Dalmatian. He's a pointer, but whatever, you know, like calling him like hopping closer with this walker. And, uh, she moved Marvel behind her and passing the people at the bank who worked there were like, sir, please, you know, it's a service dog. Please don't, don't distract. Don't annoy the service dog. And he was still doing it. So he eventually, threw his walker at Marvel and his owner and hit Marvel in the butt with it. I'm going to let that sink in now. Now Marvel's the same dog who, when we had him here for boot camp, we were at Sam's, Sam's club shopping. And you know, those, um, those little mobile forklifts that they like ding, ding, ding. And they like go through the store. Right. Uh, and you know how there's like usually someone walking in front, somebody driving it, somebody walking behind. Well, that's what was going on here because they were transporting it to one of the aisles and they were going to go right by us. So the guy honks his horn, you know, honk, 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 honk. Like there was nobody there. He didn't have to clear the way for anybody. There was the guy walking in front of him. There was a woman walking behind him. It was, you know, it was open. Honk, honk, honk. And, and the woman walking behind him says, oh, don't do that. The dog's right there. You're going to scare the dog. He looks, he sees the dog, honk, 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 as he walks by me, or rides by me. And I'm like, you butt, why would you do that? Uh, you know, so I, I talked Marvel through it. I said, ignore the, the idiot person on the car. It's just a car, just like what's outside, but it's inside, and I don't know why he's honking at you. And, you know, moved Marvel so he was not right beside it. So, you know, he was over on my other side. But just Why? So for that, I did email Sam's Club and they're like, oh, well, we're sorry, things happen. I'm like, no, that's not good enough. You know, this is the second time I've had a problem in that store. It was a Sam's Club up in Lady Lake. And you guys haven't done anything about either of them. You know, this is service dog stuff. This is serious. And, oh, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do about it. Like, yeah, there is. Uh, and so what I recommended Marvel's owner do with the bank issue is contact the police get a video recording because you know the bank has surveillance cameras up and see about prosecuting the guy. So some states, um, they will um, do that. They protect service dogs and service dogs in training and some states don't. So you have to see what your state does. So what I did is I found the statute for and I sent it over. So then whenever she called up to make the report, she could say, you know, here's the statute for it. But it, it happens to a lot of people, um, and it happens in a lot of different areas. And what do you do when your dog has a setback like that? That's what I'm going to discuss first, is first, we can't go back in the past and change things, okay? Sometimes that it could wash a dog out from being a service dog, depending on when it happens. And we hope that doesn't happen. We hope that that's not what it comes to, right? But it very well could. So you do have to be cautious, but some things are totally unexpected. Like she had no idea he was going to pick up his walker and chuck it at her. I had no idea the jerk was going to go honk, 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 while he rode by me when there's nobody there. Uh, so, you know, some things are unexpected. Some things you expect. So like if we're at Disney and 
they're doing something with the castle, I know fireworks are going to go off. If, uh, if we're walking and it's three o'clock and there's a parade at three o'clock, like I know there's going to be a parade going on. Okay. So I can always set the dog up for success. If I know what's going on, if I can spot things before they happen, but that's not always the case. So what do you do? First, you want to use name and explain and tell your dog exactly what's going on when it happens. Just like I did with Marvel with the little forklift thing. And I said, Marvel, it's a forklift. It's like a little car, you know, and the guy's a jerk doing it, but he's beeping the horn so it makes noise. Right? And I said it kind of loud so he could hear that I called him a jerk because, you know, I was annoyed. Uh, if you're out and there's little kids screaming and running or, you know, in Gainesville, there was a skate park and we'd sometimes go there just for the distraction of the skateboarders going, pew, 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 you know, uh, and, and so we just use name and explain, you know, uh, dog, that's, this is the, the skate park. So that's a skateboard. It's, it's like a car, but you stand on it <laughs> you push it to make it go. Or it's like a bicycle or whatever. So why do you want to do that? What is the sense of doing that? Do you think my dog really understands that, uh, you know, that I'm telling him this is a forklift. It's like a car. I don't know. I don't know how much language your dog's picked up by now. But what I do know is if your reaction is going to dictate what your dog does. So if you're like, oh my gosh, it was, it was a skateboard that just went by. Your dog's going to freak out. If you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a skateboard. That's no big deal. Your dog's going to be like, oh, okay, then cool. That's not a big deal because my owner doesn't care about it. And everything travels up and down that leash. So if you tense up about something, your dog is going to tense up about something, right? And if you're like, yeah, whatevs, your dog's going to feel this for the and the other thing that we'll do is you guys know that we do the bridging so we have the clicker and we do the click and I'm not doing it here because I've got three dogs back here with me we'll do the click what marks the behavior but we also use bridging to anchor the behavior or to show the dog that they're on the right path so how we do that is uh, someone's gonna be walking riding by on a bicycle Right, so here comes somebody riding by on a bicycle. My dog's a little unsure about bicycles, so I'm going to tell him, you know, dog, that's a bicycle and it's going to come by and I'm going to help you with this, okay? Good. And so you hear how I got a little faster and a little louder whenever the bicycle was getting closer, right? And then a little quieter and a little softer, or a little slow, not as fast. It wasn't really slow, it wasn't good. Good, good, Okay, like that. So you, the crescendo works whenever it's right there. Because you need to help the dog out with the fact that there's something behind him that he can't really see. Okay, and that it's nothing bad. So that, the name and explain and the bridging help out tremendously. And uh, so yesterday when we were at the vet, <coughs> when we were at UF, they took him in the back and we couldn't see him until they brought him out afterwards. But when we were at our vet here in Bushnell, they needed to draw blood. Well, Aaron might be a service dog, but he hates the vet. So I said, um, we're going to want to muzzle him. So we put a muzzle on him. He, I mean, he was so sick. He really didn't care, but you know, just to be safe. Cause sometimes when they're sick, they lash out even more. Right. So we put a muzzle on him and she needed to examine him. So I did name and explain. I told him exactly what was happening. And we've done this with nail trims too, guys. You know, so like, okay, Eric, she's going to touch you on the neck. She's going to touch you on the shoulders. And so she started telling him where she was touching too, which was really nice. So touching him down, she had to do his, um, his temp. So that means, you know, you got to slick up the thermometer and put it in the bum. So, you know, I told her what she was doing with that. He was fine. He was lying down. His head was in my lap. I'm petting him. Um, there's also, um, I think every dog 
there's like a, a triangle V um, between their eyes and their ears on top of their head. If you feel your dog right there, you're going to feel there's a V. And the point of it's going to be closest to their ears and the two V ends, the two legs are going to end closer to the eyes. Anyway, it's a calming spot for dogs and actually in acupuncture and acupressure, it's a calming spot. So if you need to calm your dog down, you can just kind of rub it or just push on it. So I was just rubbing that calming spot, his, his V triangle, um, the topmost part of the V. I was rubbing that while, while we were doing it. I'm telling him everything. Well, they needed to draw blood. And she says, I'm going to draw from his back leg here because it's open, it's available, and hopefully he won't see it. Well, you know, you have to put the alcohol on it. You have to prick it and, and pull it out. And so I described everything and I told him exactly what was going on. You know, okay, she has alcohol here. She's going to put that on and it's going to make your leg wet. Okay, where she put that alcohol, she's going to put a, um, she's going to roll your leg a little bit to get your vein to pop up and that makes it easier to get the blood out. Okay, now she's going to insert the needle. Good. Okay, it's filling up, Arrow. It's filling up that blood vial. She's almost done. Okay, good. She's done. Okay, so that's that's pretty much how it went. And then um, the assistant had to put pressure on it uh, just for, you know, a few seconds for so it wouldn't bleed and then, you know, made sure it didn't bleed. So, again, I talked to him through everything. We went back. He needed x-rays. We did side x-rays. And then they had to do one where he was straight on his back. And that happened because the name and explained, because trust me, he's a dog who would have needed to be sedated if he wasn't almost dying of cancer. So he, uh, you know, so we helped him with that. We told him exactly what was going on. We told him why he was getting the x-rays, what he needed to do. Um, Rich and I had to leave the little area while they did the x-ray and then we came back. So I bridged him from, from hiding behind the corner. So he knew we were right there and came back. And then the second time I didn't have to bridge him. And then the third time, you know, I just told him I was right there. So it makes it a lot easier when your dog understands what is going on. So for dogs who are going through fear periods or dogs who just happen to have a fearful occurrence happen, using that name and explain, using that bridging, those are the two biggest tools that I can share with you that I can hope that you take and that you use with your dog. So my German Shepherd Jedi, we're leaving when we were lived in Gainesville. Uh, we're leaving the house, and the garbage man had just come. Maybe they hadn't come yet. Somehow the garbage can was upright, like it should be, right? But it was outside waiting for the garbage man. We come back from our walk, and either the garbage man hadn't put it back upright, or the wind had knocked it over because it was on its side. And Jedi sees that, and she's like, ooh, uh-uh, I'm not going over there. Something is different right there, and I'm not sure what it is, but I am not going over there. <sighs> so I said, yes, you are. It's just the garbage can. It was upright and now it's just blown over, but it's still the same garbage can. So we walked over to it. I'm bridging her. I'm showing her. I'm confidently walking over to it. I'm not like, I don't know what it is, Jedi. It might be aliens in there who eat puppies. No, I'm just confident walking over to it. We get over there. I have her do some touches around it. I, you know, I showed it to her. I set it back upright and then I put it on the ground and then I set it back upright again just so we can deconstruct the whole thing so she knows that it's nothing, that it's just the garbage can, okay? So that's, um, that's what we, we, we kind of work on is helping the dogs through it. Uh, we've been out with the dogs and maybe it's something they've seen for the first time. So when we brought Arrow Orlando Airport, flown out of the Gainesville airport a couple times. So this is the first time in Orlando. It was a, they have um, like a moving walkway. 
Okay. So we tell them, you know, it's a moving walkway and we get on it. Um, we go to take off with the flight and we, you know, we tell him, you know, we bridge him the whole takeoff and we tell him what's going on that, you know, this is like a car, but it's up in the sky. So it's going to go on an incline and where it's going to lift off and we're going to bridge you and help you out with it. So as soon as they start getting ready to go, not like the taxing part of it, but it's good. And he's like, whatever, can you guys shut up? I'm trying to sleep. Mission accomplished. Okay. So here's some um, fear. Um, Susan says, we understand. I addressed that with my counselor today. Uh, Terry says jerks, right? And Susan says yes in your tone of voice. Um, Allison asked if I did muzzle training with my dogs. Arrow, I did muzzle training and Jedi. Um, because I don't know that. Um, the Border Collies, I've never had to do muzzle training. And Gypsy, I've never had to do muzzle training. Um, it's something that, you know, if you need to, you know, like the vet had it on hand. I will tell you another story, because I like to tell stories. And here's one about Arrow. So we got him neutered on July 3rd of this year. And the vet actually came out here because it was my come to my home vet. So we had scheduled with him. He came out here and he did it here at the ranch. Now he had to give Arrow a sedation because they're going to neuter him. And they're not doing that when he's awake. Uh, so, okay, you know, we had to sedate him. So I put one of the muzzles on him. Well, he gets that thing popped off really quickly and he was not having this. So the vet says, get a towel and wrap the towel around his head and, you know, hold him so he can't get to me. I said, okay, because I told him, like, I can do sub-Q shots, but I can't do IV shots. And, of course, it was an IV shot that was needed. So, okay. So I try the towel, and Arrow is just fighting it. And if you've heard me say it before, Arrow is, uh, is a Malinois, and that's what happens when a kangaroo and an alligator have a baby, is it becomes a Malinois. So we, he was fighting me really hard, and I'm like, no, this isn't going to work either. Arrow, we need to give you an IV. We need to give you a shot in your arm. And I tapped him on the arm. And I said, he need, you know, the vet's right here, Dr. Len, and he needs to do this. So what we need to do with you is I need you to stand still and I need you to be a brave boy for me and I will help you out and I'll tell you exactly what's needed. But he's going to take a needle and he's going to put it in your arm and he's going to, you know, give you the shot. Then he's going to remove it. But that's it. Okay. And then you're... <laughs> Gypsy! <laughs> Startled me. Um, and, and then you're going to fall asleep so we can do the surgery on you. Fine, he says. He wasn't, like, happy, happy about it, but because I had explained it, it was much easier for him. So he stood there very stoically. I, I don't know if he lifted up his leg or if he had it down. And the vet came and I told him exactly, you know, the vet's going to touch you here. The vet's going to do this. The vet's going to do that. I bridged him and it was beautiful. I didn't need to muzzle him. I didn't need to put a towel around his head. Um, I didn't need to, you know, club him upside the head to knock him out. So it worked out really well. So I do recommend muzzle training dogs just in case something happens. You don't want your dog to bite some someone. Um, and here's the last story with vets and muzzles and stuff. We had a dog growing up. Her name was Cody. Um, and she looked like a Shiba Inu, um, but bigger. And she hated going to the vet as well. How many dogs hate going to the vet, right? Uh, so we go to the vet, my mom and I, because we were the ones who who did that type of stuff with her, right? We go to the vet and we told them, you know, she hates the vet. So they're like, well, here's some tranquilizer. It's enough to knock out a donkey. It's going to be fine for your like 40 to 50 pound dog. Okay. So we give her the, the donkey tranquilizer and we go there and she's not out of it. And the vet comes in. We're like, do you want us to, to hold her? Do restrain her? Like, she'll be fine for us. Do you want us to muzzle her? Do you want to muzzle her? Like, how are we going to do this? Because she's not out yet. 
that says very confident, securely, right? Like, ah, oh, I've got this. It's fine. And he goes to grab her and she was like, oh, heck no. And he leaves with his hand bunched up, you know, and his other hand over it, you know, up against his chest there. And he leaves and um, the vet tech comes in and we're like, did he bite her? Yeah. You know, bite the vet. Yep. He bit the vet in the webbing between the thumb and the finger. So there's, I think a lot of times where like, if she would have been muzzled, she probably still would have been bit because then it gets you a little confident and cocky. Um, we do like when the dogs are potential bite risks, we do like them to come in muzzle trained. Um, every dog would benefit from muzzle training, but I can get a little lazy with my dogs. So do what I say, not what I do. Um, Susan said she had to leave early and she'll finish watching later. Okay. Okay. So, so that's, like I said, that's my biggest thing for fear is the name and explain and the, uh, the bridging. And I see it helps out tremendously whenever stuff goes down. Now, what about that doesn't address the things with these fear periods now, does it? No, it doesn't. There is a bunch of stuff. And I actually did a search for dog fear period. And I suggest you Google it. Uh, people have different things on when the fear periods occur. So one of them, and now tell me how weird this is, the, actually, let me grab this link and I will share it with you guys. Okay, sharing the link right now. Uh, this is something from the Canine Companions for Independence and UC Davis, Breeder Caretaker Community Pages. And what it is, is critical periods in puppy development. Okay. So it says about, you know, different days and stuff. And then it says there's a human socialization period between seven and 12 weeks. Uh, so that's, you know, they begin to general <coughs> housebreaking. They start learning by association, but guess what happens at eight to 11 weeks, the fear impact period. So what it says is try to avoid frightening the puppy during this time since traumatic experiences often can have this effect during training. This period overlaps that of previous definition. So don't let your kids um, or any kids or any animals hurt or scare the puppy. Uh, when you introduce, make sure that it's easygoing. Um, learning at this age is permanent. Let me repeat that. Learning at this age of eight to 10 weeks is permanent. This is a stage where you wonder if your dog's going to be a woozy about all his life. And introducing your dogs to other dogs at this time will help them become more socialized. Okay. How many dogs, like in Florida, the dogs can't go home unless they're eight weeks old. How much sense does that make if the fear impact period starts at eight weeks old? Eight weeks they go from siblings and mom in the house that they know and they've grown up with to you, a place that he doesn't know. But it does. So that's their first fear period. So you want to take it easy during that time. I use a lot of food. Um, I'll use their food and I'll use treats both. Um, if the dog doesn't want to work for food, I'm going to use treats. I'm not going to starve the dog. Um, so we'll use food um, today. I will show you this one. And it is uh, Merrick Power Bites Salmon. So I love the Merrick ones. These were on sale at Chewy, so I ordered a buttload of them. Um, my dogs love them. Uh, you know, so we have that. So we, you know, you want to make that 8 to 11 weeks easy going for your dog. You don't want to just leave your dog at home and not do anything. Uh, -uh. You want to take your dog out and introduce him gradually. But if you notice that your dog's a little bit like, mm -mm, I'm not sure about this, you have to go it a little easier. And I'm going to share with you how we do that uh, in a second. So remind me if I don't. Uh, then they have 
flight instinct period, they have another thing, and then flight instinct period is four to eight months old. And that's whenever puppies decide that they're not going to listen to you all the time. So this is funny because you know how many people would come to me? My dog's like two months old. My dog's like three months old. My dog's like four months old. And my dog like listens to me all the time. Like he's off leash all the time and he just hangs out right beside me. And I don't think I need training. I think my dog's just a genius and I am just awesome. And I'm like, no, it's because you have a puppy. I just wait until they're, you know, four to eight months old. And yeah, that's what would happen would be four to eight months old. The dog's like, wait a minute, you're not the only thing in the world. There's this whole big thing to explore. See ya. Okay. So then after that, they get a second fear impact period. You ready for this one, guys? Six to 14 months old. How crazy is that? That spans what, eight months? Eight months of a fear period? No, well, it depends. Um, The fear of situations period is what that's called too. And it corresponds to growth spurts. So this critical age may depend on the size of the dog. Small dogs tend to experience these periods earlier than large dogs. Um, Don't reinforce negative behavior. It says force can frighten the dog and soothing tones can encourage his fear. The fear should be handled with patience, kindness, and training uh, during this period puts a dog in position of success while allowing him to work things out with building self-confidence. And then it says maturity is one to four years old. So most dogs don't develop full maturity until they're a year and a half old. And like I said, this is all on that link I just, I just posted. So basically the two fear periods are eight to, 10, eight to 11 weeks old, basically when you first get your dog, and six to 14 months old. So usually a dog's not fully potty trained until they are six months old. So you have, okay, now he's fully potty trained and I can take him out, right? Oh, wait, we're in a fear period. What the heck? It's one of those games of you can't win. Um, Here's another one I had found um, through uh, Berkeley East Bay Humane Society. And it says, here's the critical fear periods in puppies. Here, I'm going to share this with you. Um, Seven to nine weeks, four to six months, eight to nine months, 12 months, and 14 to 18 months. Okay, so what do you do during that time? So that's what this one, um, they may start barking at people entering the house, be fearful or startle at benign items like trash cans, drain pipes, or yard gnomes, or pink flamingos if you're in Florida. They may crouch, shake, and try to run away, submissively urinate, tell the scary thing or person go away by showing an aggressive display, which may include hackles up, snarling, lunging, or other unruly behavior. You must be patient during these periods. They're not good times to introduce your puppy to new situations or new people. Uh, you know, you can do targeting. You can do touch, like go touch the, the flamingo. Okay, so that's what they're recommending here. Now, you know what the problem with that is? It's like I said, they're basically saying your whole life, this is what you're going to do. What we recommend doing for new puppies, we recommend doing for new dogs, what we recommend doing for every dog is you want to do... I will first teach focus, which is look at me. I use the word look. I don't use watch me and I don't do the whole like hand jive thing. Watch me, look at me, look at my face. I don't do that because I find it annoying whenever I'm out in public. I just like look, look means look at me. So the very first things that I work on with puppies is that look at me, that focus, that attention. And then if I'm out and the dog starts to get started, I can tell my dog to look and he's going to look at me. Um, we're going to work on sit. We're going to work on look. We're going to work on touch, which is target, which is here's my hand. I tell them to touch. I want their nose to touch my hand. So then if they do see that scary thing, right, they see a plastic bag floating across the parking lot, you know, and say, they're going to ignore look and do touch. So they're not even turning the whole way around. Maybe they're just moving their head a little bit 
and bring in that training. So I start that training at home. You can start it in your bedroom, you can start it in your living room, you can start it in your office or dog room like us. But you start that training at home, build up your dog there, get your dog successful. So then whenever you take it outside, you're not going to go from your home to Walmart, guys. You're going to go from your home to inside your home to inside your home in another room, inside your home in another room with a person. Um, add in other pets if you have them, other people if you have them, the TV on, you know, maybe cooking sounds. Uh, you're going to go your front yard, your backyard, your driveway, you know, in your car, out of your car. You're going to hit all these things. So you have to break things down into baby steps. And if your dog's doing great at home and you take your dog out and your dog is a total spazwad, where did you take your dog to? Well, I took my dog to Walmart and we just went right in. Well, that's too much. Go to Walmart, get out in the parking lot, park from the entrances you can. Get out and just work your dog in the parking lot there, load your dog up, you're done. But I didn't even get in the store. That's okay. You don't need to get into the store, right? You got there, you worked your dog, you're done. When your dog's comfortable there, park closer or park farther away and walk your dog up and down, right? There's usually not a lot of dogs who come to Walmart, so it's a safe place to do training. So, you know, walk up and down the parking lot, okay? Um, there's usually benches in front of Walmart, right? Or places that you can just sit down on the ground. Do that with your dog. I do do the clicker training. I love clicker training. Um, I clicker, here, Allison says, do you click as something scary is near in general or when they relax to it? That's a great question, Allison. So my dog's no click means you're going to, I like what you did. And because I like what you did, I'm going to give you a treat. So when I click, they spin, look at me and come towards me to get that food. So if we see something that they might perceive as scary, I'm going to click hopefully before they even think, oh my gosh, that's scary. Hopefully I'll, I'll click as soon as they see it. And they've been so conditioned to it, Pavlov, right? Drooling dogs. They're going to spin their head around and I'm going to give them food. Then they're not going to look back at it like, but wait, wait, I was looking at something. I'm going to click again. And they're going to be like, dude, every time I see this weird plastic bag in the parking lot, I get to click the treat. So like, look, I see the plastic bag. Where's my treat? That's whenever you start clicking to look at you. So we'll do this a lot. Dogs who chase squirrels or cats or lizards, dogs who don't like people, places, or things. You know, this is a great thing to do, but you have to do a multi-pronged approach. You can't just expect this to answer everything. Um, and then you can always as well click when they relax to it. If you are in our Facebook group, um, How to Train Your Service Dog online members only, those are people who have bought our online course, uh, our Service Dog online course, and I do have... Uh, three PDFs up in there, including common chaos, and that's what you would click to. So basically, any sign that your dog is relaxing, you can click and reward that. Uh, we also have two other ones, but that's that's the one you would do. So the first time we took one of the dogs to Walmart, we get in like where the cart area is before we entered the actual store. And the dog was like, oh, heck no, I'm not going in there. So we just sat on the bench. We did look, we did sit, we did touch, we did find it. Find it is where I take a treat and I drop it and they go and find it. At home, I'll chuck a treat across the room. I'm not doing that in Walmart when people are coming and going with their carts and everything and their um, scooters and their wheelchairs and their walkers and all that. So we just sat there, we worked on touch, we worked on sit, we worked on look, we worked on find it. And that's all we worked on. Rich went in and got what we needed and we just worked on that. By the time we were done, five, 10 minutes tops, she loved it. She's like, look, I see a cart. <laughs> look, there's people going by. And, you know, we people coming up, you know, we want to pet her. And I'm like, no, you can't pet her. Well, you brought her here. I have a service dog. I know I'm supposed to pet them. And I'm like, no, 
So people are weird. Kimberly, it's like having a teenager, right? Um, Allison asks, do you recommend breeders keeping puppies until 12 weeks due to this? It's something, Allison, if you want to try it, because I know you have a litter on the ground. Um, we haven't looked into um, what the optimal time to go home is. Like I said, I know Florida, they can't go home at seven weeks. They're only supposed to go home at eight weeks or older. Um, but there is a online course that I have a friend who breeds dogs that highly, highly recommended. So before we do Gypsy, uh, Rich and I will take that course on breeding and what's the best period. I don't know how much people are going to want you to keep their dog for another month. And that's part of it as well. Uh, you know, most trainers who, most breeder trainers who do that are going to want to charge more money and they have to work the dog more. So if you're going to keep the dog until 12 weeks, I would say that here's an option that I can do for you. It's going to be more money because I'm going to do basically a boot camp. But at 12 weeks old, your dog will be more reliable potty trained. He'll be conditioned to the collar. He'll be conditioned to the crate. Um, he'll know his name if he has a name yet. Not even call him something general, um, you know, lobby or whatever. Um, he'll be, you know, you'll work on sit, walking on a leash, down, place, and do all that stuff with food. And um, you'll probably get some people who want to do that. And you'll probably get some people who are like, no, just give me my dog. But it's worth a shot. Uh, thank you, guys. With Max, Michelle says he sees a plastic bag, he'll bark in it, and I'll tell him to knock it off, and we walk to it. And he sniffs it and pees on it, and it's all good. Yeah, boy, boys are fun that way, aren't they? Um, so, yeah, so like I said, we do, I try to have food with me whenever we're out. Um, so we can use that. Uh, now, Gypsy is just about eight months old. So, you know, the second fear period is supposed to end at 14 months old. Well, a couple weeks ago, we were at Walmart, and they had those big blow-up things for Christmas time. And one of them had a dog that raised and lowered, and she saw that. She was like, ah! So she barked at it. I'm like, knock it off. I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything on me because it was just a quick run-in. All I had was a slip lead on her. So I need to bring her back so we can work that. And what we'll do with that is I'll have food and I'll have a clicker. And as soon as she looks in that direction, I'll do a click and a treat, click and a treat, click and a treat, click and a treat. And then we'll get closer to it. I'll maybe toss the food over there um, just to get her used to it. Now, this is a dog who sees all the stuff at Disney and is a-okay with it. I had her up at the gym. She was a-okay with it. And she doesn't like an inflatable dog coming and going from the box. You know, like, go figure. Um but, you know, every dog, and you heard her a little bit ago, um, you know, barking at the door. She heard something. I didn't know what it was. Since apparently it's her job to be guard dog. Uh, you know, you can't control everything. You just work it. Michelle says, I sat outside the front entrance of Walmart with Ollie, and we just watched people. Yeah, you know what? That is a big thing. And whenever I say I start dog, the service dogs, I start the puppies training at eight weeks old. That is absolutely perfect, Michelle, is just sit outside the front entrance of Walmart, watch people go by, do some training if you want to. So we did the first time at Disney with her. We did Gypsy at nine, nine weeks old at Disney. You know, wait, so you take the dog to Disney for the whole day? No, silly. We take the dog there. We carry her most of the time because I don't have a stroller for dogs. Uh, we do some training sessions. She sleeps. You know, we head home. Like, it, was, it wasn't what you're thinking. Uh, you know, when we do outings and we go into stores at nine weeks old, because she went into stores before she was nine weeks old, you know, like eight weeks in a day, we had her in Tractor Supply. Uh, we had her in Sam's. We had her in um, up at McAllister's in the villages, which is outdoors. But I think we might have gone inside with her to order 
but you know, we just, we make it short. I make sure she potties as soon as she potties. We go inside for like two or three minutes, maybe five minutes tops. And that's me ego eyeing her. Let me go back outside and potty again. You know, so this is where if you have a partner, a spouse, a friend, a family member, someone who can go with you, they make it a lot easier because you can give your full attention to your dog and they can take care of getting what's needed. If it was just me, I would not take the dog for when I have to go buy stuff at the store. You know, unless I'm like, oh my gosh, I really need bananas because we are totally out of bananas and I am hankering for bananas and that's all I'm going to get. And I know where they're at in the store and you go in and they're right there. And then I can go to self-checkout and I've got, you know, five bucks in my wallet cash. So it's going to be super easy. I'm not going to do a full load. So like I might there take the service puppy in, get the bananas, get the stuff and go, but it's still going to be a lot of time outside. Go potty. They didn't go potty. Uh-uh. Go potty. As I'm waiting. And they finally go potty. And then you're like, okay, good. You peed and you pooped and we can go and get this going. Uh, but you want to take it easy. Now, if a dog is not eating, especially a golden, he's too stressed out. So that is a great barometer of seeing how stressed your dog is. Is, is your dog eating? If we have new clients who come by to do eval, sometimes I go to offer the dog a treat. I toss a treat on the ground for him and the dog's like, mm -mm, nope, no, I'm not getting that at all. I know the dog's too stressed or the dog doesn't like my treats or the dog's not hungry. It's one of those, uh, you know, and it depends on the dog. So you can tell. And so then if a little bit later, you know, say there's some treats on the ground there because I've tossed a few of them to the dog. Then we're sitting and we're just chatting and the dog goes to start eating the treats and is eating them. I'll make sure I bring it up to the owner that remember whatever your dog first got here and he didn't want to take the treats. You can see that he's relaxing now because he's eating those treats off of the ground. Um, you know, it's, it's little things to keep your mind on what's going on. Start at home, get really good at home, start expanding where you're training, not just this one room. You're not just going to train in the living room all the time. You're not going to train in the bedroom all the time. You're not going to train just in the kitchen all the time. You want to expand out to different rooms when your dog's good at it. And then you want to take it outside, front, back, side, whatever is least distracting. If you go out back and you're like, dude, that was crazy. There were so many squirrels and birds going, carrying on. My dog was nuts. Try the front yard next time, you know, or just walk them around to the front yard. Like your dog doesn't know what you have planned. Maybe he planned, you planned on walking back there and saying, whoo, and walking back to the front yard. Nobody knows. Um, but that's, that's usually what we recommend doing. If the dog is stressed, if the dog's like, oh, heck no, I'm not doing that. You don't want the dog to, um, to experience that. You don't want the dog to live in that state of mind. So one thing that people do all the time is whenever the dog's stressed out, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And they pat, pat, pat. Don't do that, guys. Just don't. Um, you don't want to do that. It's not appropriate. Um, it's not really going to help your dog. And I mean, there's the whole, like, what is going to help? What's not? Um, I don't see dogs recovering when people do that. Okay? Out of all the dogs we've worked with, I don't see dogs who are more confident and secure because the owner was like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And if you think about it from a human point of view, Okay, any parents out there, any person who's ever seen a child before, child falls, scrapes his knee. Mom, I hurt my knee. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're fine. Okay, he might scrape knee, but oh, okay. 
Um, next time, what's going to happen? The kid's probably going to be like, yeah, I'm fine. Whereas if you're like, oh my gosh, it might be broken. Let's get you to the doctor. Oh, you know, the ambulance is coming because you fell down and you scraped your knee. You know, well, then the next time the, the kid even thinks about scraping his knee, he's going to have a fit, right? So he, here's my, because it's sharing stories from my past time. When Luke was younger, so Luke's never really liked to get dirty. Um, he's like, you know, soft clothes. He's, you know, he's been Luke. He would get a scraped knee or whatever, and he didn't want me to clean it off. So I'm like, okay, well then, you know, he was young. I was like, let's, let's get you a bath. Let's run your bath. Okay. So that's what we did. If he, if he'd scrape himself, which didn't happen all that often, you know, he wanted a bath. Okay. That's fine. You know, cause then it soaks in there, all the, the yucky stuff goes and it was never anything too bad. Well, he's at school whenever kindergarten, he's at school and he falls and he scrapes his knee. And of course they go to the, he goes to the nurse and he's like, I want a bath. <laughs> and the nurse is like, what? So when I went to pick him up that day, they're like, you know, Luke fell and scraped his knee. You know, they had to put a little paper, you know, in his thing, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And uh, they're like, you know, he, he said he wanted a bath. And I laughed when I told him, I'm like, yeah, that's because this is what we do at home. And, um, and they're like, oh, okay. We, we wondered what was going on that, you know, that he fell and he scraped his knee and he wanted a bath. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's it. So what questions do you guys have for me? Yeah, Cara says, I'm guilty of that. Yeah, I assume you mean, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. A lot of people are. And I think especially as, as you know, humans, I mean, I'd say as women, but I see men doing it too. I, you want to do that. You want to comfort. You want to be there. You want to protect them. You know, again, I'm going through all this right now with the arrow. I just want to, you know, I had them wrapped up in a Snuggie earlier. And I'm like, no, this is what we're doing The you know, for the next couple of days is we're just lying together snuggling. Um, it was to the point last night, he was up in bed with us. So he'll sleep with Rich and I a lot. And um, <laughs> I wanted to tell Rich, no, go sleep in the living room so I can snuggle with Arrow and he, we can take up half the bed. But instead, Rich came in and the three of us just snuggled together. Uh, you know, part of it is that you do, you know, you're nurturing, you want to, you know, they're cute, they're puppies, they're your babies. But the easiest way to get past it is for some of that tough love. So Cara, you have the sheet, don't you? The, um, the common chaos where what you click for, do that instead. So if you're like, instead of, you know, pet, 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 put that clicker in your hand, have those treats right there. And if you notice that your dog's whining, panting, stressing out, wait for your dog to stop. So your dog might go from a... <laughs> That's whenever you click is whenever they shut their mouth for it. Um, if they're whining, 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 and they're quiet, you can click there. Um, if they're panting, whenever they stop. Um, if they yawn, you can click that. Uh, if they sigh, you can click that. If they put their head down, you can click that. If their tail gets easy, you can click that. Uh, you know, so there's a bunch of stuff. If they lie down, they go from a stand to a sit or a down, you can click that. From a sit to a down, you can click that. From a sphinx down, like the sphinx in Egypt, right, where like it's easy to stand up, to rocking on one hip, you can click that. To, you know, from one that one hip to one shoulder, so they're kind of stretched out, like, you know, like a horse would lie down, you can click that. There's a bunch of stuff you can click for, and you can either click and hand deliver it to your dog, which is going to hopefully keep your dog in that position, or if you want your dog to do it again, toss the treat a little bit so your dog has to get up. 
but that type of stuff will help with the fear periods as well. And like I said, we have a whole sheet. It's in the service dog one. So if you guys are training with me and you don't have that, like I said, I know, I think I'd given it to you, Cara. If I didn't, just message me and I'll send it over to you. And we have it as a PDF. Good. Yep. Allison says, I often try acting excited about it. Like if she's shy of a loud bang, I'm like, oh, this is exciting. That is perfect, Allison. And yeah, that's one of the things I did want to mention is laughter is the best medicine for this, right? So if your dog's like, holy crap, did you hear that firework? Or think New Year's Eve is coming up, guys. Fourth of July, you know, like those are the two big fireworks times unless you go to Disney and then every day's fireworks day. How did you hear that? That was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> That's much better. That's, and people I'm sure think I'm absolutely insane. If I'm with them and the dog, you know, we hear a big boom or a crash or whatever, I just start laughing like an idiot. And the dog kind of looks at me like, what are you on? Like life, I'm on life. But uh, but no, Allison, thank you. Yeah, that is super duper um, what you want to do. Like, ha look at that. Isn't that the funniest thing? Look, now you're looking at me and I'm going to click and treat because you're looking at me because I'm acting like a spouse wad, but that's okay. Um, Paula asked, what brand muzzle do you recommend? Um, there's two that I like. One of them is um, Baskerville, and you can get that at Petco. And the other one is Jafco. J-A-F-C-O. You do have to order that one online. Uh, if you're doing it just for vet appointments, now those are like the heavier duty ones. Um, Jafco is the best. But Baskerville, you can. You can get at Petco, which is nice. Um, but if you're doing it just to muscle train your dog, and you want to get one of those, um, these are the basket muscles, what I recommended, uh, which means your dog can eat, your dog can drink in them. It doesn't keep your dog's mouth closed, so it's good. But if you want to do what the vets use, um, those like wraparound sling ones that your dog can't open his mouth with, um, you can do that. However, you cannot leave that on your dog. So we've had some aggressive dogs who they get muzzled. I think the worst one we had, he was with us, he was muzzled for three days. He was muzzled in a... I'm going to say a Baskerville muzzle, Baskerville or Jafco. And he was muzzled for three days. On the third day, he popped it off and we're like, oh crap. And he did fine with us. So, uh, but he could eat, he could drink in that one. I mean, it was slow going, but he could do it. Uh, if we would do socials, you know, and we had a dog who needed muzzled, just like, guess what? I'll tell you, there's one breed of dog because I'm a breedist here, apparently. There's one breed of dog who, when we did socials, if we had a small dog there, this other breed of dog had to be muzzled no matter what. Guess what breed it is? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? No, it's not Bueller breed. A greyhound. Because most greyhounds and they're used to chasing the bunny, the plastic bag, right? Um, and they don't need to see, you know, little flopsy mopsy across the play yard and run after them and grab them. So if we had greyhounds in socials, they had to be muzzled. Now I had people who argued with me over it, that their dog's just great and they don't think they should have to muzzle. And I said, that's all well and good, but that is your opinion. And if you want to do my socialization, your dog will be muzzled because your dog is not going to kill another dog based on instinct and have me have to apologize. How do you ever apologize for that? Whenever all you need to do is just suck up your pride and muzzle your dog. It's not that your dog's bad. Um, so for them, they get the basket muzzles. Okay. For um, if you're just doing it, like I said, for like, what happens if we go to the vet? What happens if the dog doesn't want you to touch, you know, cause he broke his leg and it hurts him and he's snarking at you. One of those sling muzzles works out just fine. You just want to make sure it's snug enough. And then you want to make sure that your dog's not overly heated, overheated. 
overheated, um, panting too much, um, and that he doesn't wear it a lot. So like if you put it on him for the day, like your dog's going to die, especially if you live in Florida. That's what the basket muscles are for. Okay. Um, and I do not have a muscle training video, but um, IACP muscle video on YouTube should come up with Josh Moran's muscle training video, and I like that one. So um, Cara says, I was going to ask about the storms, but she did great with the Thunder Saturday. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that too. So we'll do the, um, we have like the diffuser going. We'll laugh off the thunder, and we might use thunder shirts. Uh, we're going to make sure that we exercise the dog beforehand. So if I see that it looks like it's going to storm, and I have a dog who's storm phobic, I'm going to get him out. I'm going to exercise him beforehand. He's going to come back inside and get some rest. I'm going to do some mental training. He's going to get some rest. I'm going to do some calm work. He's going to get some rest. And so by the time the thunderstorm happens, he don't care. He's done. And again, a lot of times, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Just makes it worse. Uh, that's what we did in the car before class. Awesome. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Paula says Pluto doesn't seem to spook with anything. No, he doesn't. Not at all. And car, she has an urban good. And neither dog likes the fireworks. You know, so when we were in Gainesville, we were, um, we had a condo, a townhouse. And uh, they all overlooked the parking lot, right? So where we were, uh, you know, we had cars parked out in front. Well, guess what? My stupid neighbor and his stupid friend decided to set off fireworks right in front of my house. Like honest to God, within 10 feet of my front door and five foot on my window, which were about 15 feet apart. So like right there, they're setting off all these fireworks. Now he knew we had a house full of dogs cause he'd watch, you know, he'd watch us take them outside and train them. He knew we had a houseload of dogs uh, and he's doing this. And I'm like, what are you thinking? There's the whole parking lot. There's the whole complex and you're doing it in front of my house. You're nuts. So, you know, Rich was going to go out and tell him to, you know, to knock it off, to at least move over in front of his house, not in front of my house. And, you know, the dogs didn't mind. You know, we told him what was going on. Um, you know, we had exercise them ahead of time. We had the diffuser going. They were good. So I'm like, good. Let them. I'll tell all the owners that, you know, like even with the fireworks going right outside, your dogs were fine. Uh, and that made me happy. It made me very proud of them. Okay. So any questions, guys, let me know. Uh, we're getting ready to sign off here of our fear episode. Fear factor. No, it's not the fear factor. Fear period episode. Um, the, the easiest, like I said, the easiest thing you can do is the name and explain and the bridging. Hey, Name, explain, and bridging, um, laughing it off, using treats, training, starting out in least distracting environments, working up to more distracting, working at your dog's pace, working at your dog's skill level. So if your dog is top of the class and absolutely amazing, right? Like your dog's just got this, right? And you're doing great with sit and your dog's like rocking a set and you go to down and your dog's like dumber in a box of rocks, like that's fine. Your dog's not going to excel in absolutely everything. Okay. There's some things I need to work gypsy on. There's some things I need to work all my dogs on. And part of it's like, how much does it bother me? How much do I really need it? Um, gypsy has to learn a better send a place and a better stay, which arrow rocks. Like he loves his go to place and his stay there. Um, I need to work that with her. And sometimes like I need to work on other things too, you know, so like we'll work on the task stuff, we'll work on the public access stuff. Now we're working on the stuff to get her ready to go to the gym with me. Uh, you know, there, there's different things.
need to work on your dog. So if you're working on public access stuff, but your dog's having a hard time with the basics, you need to get those basics first. You know, like watch the public access videos, watch the task training videos so you know what your future holds, but don't get caught up in it. There's a, a book that comes highly recommended, The Talent Code. And I actually got it on audiobook and I've tried listening to it. I'm like, eh, I don't get their point. And I had another dog trainer friend tell me that the point is when you're learning something, you have to master the basics, master that foundation before you move on. If you move on too fast, you're not going to do well and you're going to screw the whole thing up. So master that foundation first. So like what it says is like, she's playing on an violin piano guitar or something like she's playing and she's like, wait, that's the wrong note. That's the wrong note. That's the wrong note here. That's the note. Now I can continue instead of saying, oh, I don't know what note that is. Forget about it. Oh, I'm just going to find out what it is later. No. So you want to master that foundation first. And part of that foundation is building up that confidence, making sure your dog's good at the basic stuff uh, and then working on more advanced stuff, you know? So it's, it's like a pyramid, right? Um, Allison says, oh my God, I hate fireworks. I call the police on that nonsense on non-holidays. Grew up on a horse farm and impromptu fireworks cause colic and uh, for us to lose a border. Yeah. Um, Manny asks how long I let the diffuser run. Um, we've got the young living ones. So I let it run as long as it does. Um, and some dogs, as soon as it's done, depending on what's going on, I might put it, another one right in there. Um, the, the diffuser I have is good for, I think 450 square feet. So usually I can smell it around. I have a couple other ones. So like we'll, we've sometimes put a couple of them out in the dog room, depending. Um, and, and like I said, we just, we put it on and it goes. I know like part of it says like, oh, run it for two hours and shut it off. No, I run it all day. And if we have a bunch of nervous, anxious dogs, the nervous, anxiousest ones are closest to the diffuser, right? And the calmer ones are farther away from the diffuser. So sometimes, you know, I don't move dogs' crates. I just move the dogs. Sometimes I move their crates. Um, it all depends on the dog. And sometimes if, if your dog's close to the diffuser and you're like, wait, my dog's calm, it just could be that's where we stuck them. You know, um, and there's different ones that we use. So today I put on peace and calming. I like aroma ease. Um, I'll do lavender. I'll do clarity. I'll do acceptance. I'll do release. And the nice thing with Young Living is the names of their blends tell you what it does. So think about it. When the dogs first come in, we do release. Release, get rid of all that stuff you came in with, all that baggage, right? And then I'll do acceptance, right? I want you to accept this. Or maybe I'll do surrender. Or maybe I'll do release and I'll do surrender. And then I'll do acceptance. And so if I have those things running, like when they come in during the day the first time, it's, it's the first one, right? Before I go to bed, I notice it's empty. So I put on the second one. Morning of the third day, I'll put on the third. Or the second day, I'll put on the third one. So I can have it running like that. Um, there's a fantastic one called Christmas Spirit that I like in the house. Um, I love thieves in the house. I'll just put different ones on just because, uh, you know, for our dogs, our, our cats, our bird, I, I haven't had any problem. And the diffusers, maybe 15, 20 feet from the bird's cage, you know, he's, he's fine with it. The cats are fine with it. Um, and we only use, like I said, we only use the Young Living Oils. So I know Maddie's in the online course. We do have a whole essential oils and dogs course in that course. And if you want that course on its own, it's under dreamk9.com under online courses. Allison says, we started place today. Michelle says, slow is fast, definitely. Um, and Kimberly says, chance, chance went home on Saturday. 
Um, he still doesn't really like to take it hold, but he's rocking the pause up and pivot. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. Because that took forever for him to get was that pause up. Um, the take it hold. Yeah, he's not wild about it. And if he liked to play toy stuff, um, I like to hit it from multiple angles. So, you know, I'll be like, look at this toy. Isn't this fun? And look at this. I'm going to put this in your mouth and you're going to keep it there, right? Uh, so part of it too, and one of the things I see a lot that happens, um, for example, you guys know we use prong collars, right? I also use e-collars and I use general leaders. I use slip leads. And sometimes what happens is people are saying like, my dog hates the prong collar and I just think it's mean and I don't think my dog wants to use that because it's mean. I'm like, oh, here, show me how you put it on him. Come here. I'm so sorry. I have to put this on you. I'm like, yeah, that's the wrong way to put it on. I said, here's the right way to put it on. So Era's nickname is Buddy. And that's what I, like my, my, one of my generic terms for dogs too, even though for him, it's his special nickname for me. So, you know, hey, Lovey, uh, here, look at this brown collar. Isn't this the best? Put this brown collar on. That means we get to go outside for a super fun adventure. Isn't that going to be super cool? And the dog's like, heck yeah, it is. And the dog comes over and I'm like, good, good, good. let's go. Right? So like I said, I, I use everything all the time. So I'll use bridging with everything. I use bridging with my family all the time. Um, I'm going to use name and explain. Look at this. It's your prong collar. We're just going to put it on so we can go and have fun. I'm going to use that excited tone of voice. If you're like, I'm sorry, I got to put this medieval torture device on you. Your dog is not going to enjoy it and you're not going to enjoy it. And you're going to be like, what the heck is she talking about here? So, you know, you want to, for him, you know, for chance, and that was just a general thing, you know, you guys I know are excited and happy, but um, if Chance doesn't like to take it hold, make sure it's fun to like, hey, Chance, guess what we're going to do today? We're going to do take it hold with this piece of PVC, and it's going to go in your mouth, and afterwards, you're going to get a treat. Okay, you want to get your treat? You got to put it in your mouth, right? So you can do that, and if he gets too ramped up, then tone it down a little bit. Tell him to knock it off. Um, Paula says she loves Thieves. It sounds like Christmas. It does. Yeah, Thieves is one of my favorites. I want to get the new roll-on Thieves, because I'm like, that looks really good. Okay. Um, so next week, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. Um, the holidays are coming up. We got, uh, got a couple, a couple ones before, um, before the holidays get here. So, um, I do want to do one on your dog and, um, you know, what to do with your dog with, with Christmas, with, um, with everything going on. Um, or we might do um, uh, a Q&A type of thing. Uh, so let me know. Let me know what questions you guys have. You can um, comment here. If you come in here, tag me because I don't always get notifications. So just tag Dream Dogs or tag Victoria Warfel and write your comment here. Um, you can PM me. You can IM me. You can text me. You can email me. Um, just let me know what's going. And like I said, we'll start. We'll see. I don't know. Like, don't know yet. But I knew I wanted to do this, this fear one. And I think it was a good one. So hopefully you guys got something out of this. And uh, if you have a fearful dog or see a fearful dog, you'll be better prepared because you took that story in my webinar. Okay? I'll see you guys later.